0: Hey, it's Rob and Kennedy. Well, hello. Today on the email marketing show, I was just like seeing how long you're still listening for. That's what we're doing though. We're talking about how you prevent buyer remorse and hopefully
1: you're not already having listener remorse. Somebody has sprinkled inflection and emphasis on your Frosties this morning. No, (laughs) they haven't. (laughs) Next episode, we should do in like a Shakespearean style. And the one after that, we're doing the style of like... You it's know. funny. Anyway, um, if you would like more of this kind of palaver, the fun stuff that we like to chat about and some of the sensible stuff as well, uh, after this episode is finished, we have a free Facebook group that you may or may not be aware of. Uh, it's called the Email Marketing Show Community. It's a really cool group full of thousands of people, just like us and you, who are all trying to figure out this email marketing thing, do it in their businesses without taking over their lives. So if you want to search for that, just go to Facebook, search for the Email Marketing Show Community. It's a really great way to dive into the conversations that we saw. of start and have on this podcast the email marketing show community he hasn't mastered wearing glasses and headphones
0: at the same time it's comedy hypnotist robert temple
1: and he's just recovered from an injury on his hamstring it's psychological mind reader kennedy
0: So I mean I know you're supposed to be wearing your glasses when you're in front of the computer but uh, we've been here all day running masterminds and, and sessions and teaching and working on stuff not a scent not a little glimpse of your spectacle
1: just can't do it uh, the, obviously we got over over the head headphones not like air type earphones but like we got over the head and I just they get in the way of the, the sticks on the glasses get in the way of the headphones I see so you can't the do sticks. both at once the glasses sticks uh, so I can't wear both at once so I'm I'm putting my hearing over my sight at this point for but I'm suffering for our art basically.
0: I've got to say the first you know the last when I really started committing to wearing glasses all the time and making it a thing, because obviously for, for many years I did not wear glasses and I put it off the bit like the way you're sort of doing it. And um I, w- the one thing I did discover is you have to put the glasses on first. Trying to like slip them in under the headphones.
1: Oh, could- I thought you meant like I thought you meant like before your pants, before your socks.
0: <laughs> oh, otherwise, how are you gonna say your pants and socks?
1: <laughs> um i i reckon right at school if you were i think you would have been voted least likely person to ever have an injury on his hamstring
0: yeah yeah well i thought hamstring was uh the thing that keeps the ham together when you buy the ham <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know you buy a joint of meat um, and you've cut it and you put it back together well because yeah, you had this you had this muay thai injury didn't you
0: yeah so i was at a pt session i was about to throw a kick halfway through fully warmed up all that sort of good stuff and i lifted me foot off the floor to throw another kick didn't even make contact, and ping! I was a popping sound. My trainer looked at us and was like, What was that? And I hopped home. Luckily, it's just around the corner. I literally, hopping home. It took us ages to get home. But it uh, turns out it was a hamstring, and I, ha- I went for a, a couple of Thai massages to, to get them to, to release it. And um, So I've just got back to training, actually. I went yesterday to my first training session back. Took a little bit easier on the old hamstring, but I know what you mean. I can't believe I'm saying I had a hamstring injury. It sounds like the kind of thing that footballers get. And I'm certainly not a, a baller of foot. No, exactly. Anyway, hello. Every week on the show, we talk about uh, how to make more sales and earn more money from your email subscribers. And we talk about everything from uh, email marketing strategy to psychology, tactics. And we share what's working right now to make more sales online, making you the email marketing hero in your business. With a brand new episode every single email marketing Wednesday, make sure you do hit the subscribe button on your podcast player
1: so you don't miss out on a single little thing about it. Fun. Now, as you're listening to this, uh, we'd love to know what episodes you're listening to. So screenshot yourself a little photograph of this episode and stick it on social media. Tag us at Rob and Kennedy so that we can take a little peek into your life too. Yeah. It's good to know who's listening, isn't it? At the end of the day, it's quite anonymous. Like we're having this conversation.
0: You feel like you're in it, but actually we'd like like to hear back from you. That would be absolutely lovely. And if you haven't already, by the way, I know we've been starting to read out more reviews, People have been leaving on the podcast, and uh, thank you for everybody who's been doing that. Do go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, and uh, and we'll re- we might read out on the show. But it's also just to know, good to know who's out and about. Your job as a person doing email marketing for your business is to convert as many people on your email list into customers. But it's literally impossible to do that if your emails are
1: not. Actually getting delivered into the inbox. And we can't take this delivery thing for granted. We do have to do some work on it. We can't put all of the responsibility for that on our email marketing platform, like jumping from one platform to the next hoping that you're going to get better delivery. You have to take some of the responsibility here.
0: And it's all comes down to the data quality, the quality of the data that you've got in your email platform. That's what is the difference
1: between your emails landing in the email inbox and just not at all. In fact, Zero Bounce in their email list decay report, sounds exciting, found that almost 23% of the average email list goes bad every year. That's almost a quarter of the average email list actually goes rotten just while you're sat sending emails and hoping for the best.
0: In fact, only 57% 57 of all email addresses that Zero Bounce checked last year were valid and safe to use. Only 57%, right? And they actually validated more than 6 billion emails just in 2022. And Zero Bounce have got this amazing collection of tools that help you to boost deliverability. And they're kind enough to sponsor this episode of the show. So you can go and check out these amazing tools and make sure that your email addresses are being verified and validated against all these data points. Go check it out at emailmarketingheroes.com/bounce. That's emailmarketingheroes.com/bounce and remember by supporting and checking out our sponsors, you're also supporting the show. So uh, buyer's remorse is, is a thing, you know, people buy stuff and then we all buy stuff and then have a, an immediate sort of response to that. And um, we want to sort of unpack a little bit of the psychology about around what buyer's remorse is. How does it happen? Why does it happen? And, and then get into some ways you can overcome that buyer's remorse. What can you do about it to make sure you don't end up with loads of refunds and people going, oh, God, that was a terrible decision and feeling bad because none of us want that. We all want people to feel great about the stuff that they buy from us. So, buyer's remorse,
1: why the hell does that happen? so first of all it's just this it's this a sense of regret isn't it that, that people have bought stuff and that can happen in a few places i think it can happen immediately as soon as somebody's bought something like as soon as they've hit the button and they've got it it can happen then it can happen happen upon the delivery of the product but it can also happen quite a long way down the road as well so like i've bought stuff before and thought something was great and had no remorse at all and then like a year later i just don't like the direction that, that person i bought it from has gone in with the stuff and i sort of feel icky about ever having bought the thing from them even though the the problem was disconnected so like they've treated me really badly once they'd got that bit of money out of me like the first purchase was fine they delivered the thing and then a bit down the line they sort of they sort of do a funny turn and oh, I just don't like the way they're treating me anymore it's an interesting thing anyway um so that's that so w- why does it actually happen i think there's a bunch of reasons first of all is somebody's confidence in their in themselves to like do the work or be especially if you sell like a membership or something or a, or a course or coaching is that they they their confidence in themselves to actually do the work or be good enough to be able to make it work? Like I'm sure I've bought your course and you've delivered it and you've done everything you're supposed to do as the as the vendor, Mr. Vendor. But now that I've got it and I try and I look at it and I go, oh my god, I've got to I've got to do this now.
0: Yeah, and I'm not very good at. Researching, or uh, I'm not very good at graphic design, or I'm not very good at keeping a routine, or whatever. Like I'm not very good. I don't have the skills. My life is different. My life is busy. My um, I don't like that kind of food. You know, whatever the resistance might be, I don't think that I'm confident and doing it for, for myself. That's one of the reasons that it definitely happens. And I think another big thing is people get excited by your marketing, which is the job of marketing, of course, is to excite people and, and stir up those emotions to get them to buy. But they might have this moment straight after they've just purchased and the money's left their account they get that notification on their phone saying oh you've just paid this person that amount of money and you, and then we're triggered into a time That we've been burned before when we've bought a thing that got us excited and then immediately felt let down in the past by the person didn't keep their promise. Maybe the product wasn't really good. So we are all jaded, not even just in our marketing and like trying to overcome objections and make sure people do buy, but also immediately after purchase, we are all being judged based on the the, the horrible shit that other people do.
1: When they're not as ethical, not as good uh, as, as you are perhaps another thing that happens just i've thought just thought of this is like sometimes you might buy a course and you're dead for example you're dead excited about it this happens to us quite a lot and then you log in and you open module one and it says module one the customer avatar oh, for fuck's, oh, sake. fuck's sake like or like you know the, you buy a book and it's about how you get a million followers on whatever platform and then it turns out the answer is have a million dollar ad budget and <laughs> fucking buy the i bought that dollar. book what a load of shit i can't do that because i don't have the million dollar like And I wouldn't want to either, like what a terrible use of money. So just the sort of the first moment where you have the penny drop moment of, oh my God, this is not at all what they kind of made it out to be in the advertising. Because of course, whilst the job of the marketing is to get people excited about buying the thing, not to the detriment of the, that's not to make up for shit content. So there is a thing where just people have uh, again going back to being burnt before. Sometimes they have a bad experience of oh my god, like we have a fundamental thing about not wanting to do customer avatars. So if that's the first module of your program, I'm going to hate it. Something to be said for even just taking the. I um, oh, will come back to that actually because we'll come on to how to prevent buyer's remorse in a bit. Yes, yes,
0: tease you little teasier. But the next the next reason is, and this is a really interesting. What I really think about is people start they buy and they think. Oh, hang on! That money's got out of my account now. What will my partner think, or my business partner think if it's got out of the business account, or or my friends think? Um, so, what will other people think? Like, or, and it could be that you know, if 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 part of the course is like if it's a confidence course. I remember years ago buying a you know self confidence course, and and one of the things was a, a story about a guy going into the park wearing nothing but a but a billboard saying I'm an idiot or something uh, to build confidence. I thought what will people think of me? Like what, you know, I couldn't do that. So uh, and it was all about confidence and all that stuff. So what will other people around me think of the fact that I'm suddenly this fitness person, or I'm suddenly um, doing marketing and making offers, or what will they think about the fact that I'm suddenly showing up on YouTube and I think, oh, I've started a podcast. Who the heck do I think I am? What will other people think of me? Um, It it can be a big thing about, uh, in remorse, it can be a bigger factor than, than what do I think of me, really. Being judged by others
1: is is a huge thing. Yeah. It's also a sort of natural physiological response, I think, to all the tension and excitement that's built up, especially if it's something that you've been pondering for a long time, maybe you've saved up for it. You know, like if you buy a thing and it's $10,000, it's part of a big mastermind thing or something. Sometimes that might be something you've, you've sort of first talked with them about a year ago, and then you've been thinking about it for a while. And then eventually you eventually save up and you go for it and you bite the bullet. And then suddenly you get inside. There's a lot of tension has been building up over that time and excitement. And uh, truthfully, apprehension that's disguised as excitement like we physiologically have very little ability to tell the difference between terror and excitement like they feel the same to us as humans so i think sometimes all that stuff's building up and you might have remorse building up and thinking it's excitement you might have anxiety building up and think it's excitement Um, and then suddenly you get there and you push the button and the minute the money's gone you go oh now now i just now suddenly all the doubts are there
0: and that's something that happened to me. Like when I go like when I go to a fun fair, I know we went to, Emma and I went to the, the big uh, London what's it called? Winter Wonderland at Christmas time. And we thought, oh that'll be oh look, there's this big wheel. It's nice and slow and it goes round, it'll be oh i will be exciting. I'm excited, it's all Christmassy and there's lights and there's music and there's there's like a little German drinking village. It's gonna be great. We'll get in the queue, we're we'll waiting for ages, I'm getting more excited about being on this big wheel. And then when we're when we get in the little carriage, there's Emma and I, and there's like a couple and their kid. And we're on our way, we're about a quarter of the way around. So we're on our way up to the top, the crest of this big wheel. And it was at that point that I made the distinction between excitement and the terror, the terrifying fear of heights that I have. And it was at that point when, and now I can't, I mean, I'm, I'm only a quarter, I've got three quarters to go before I can get out of this situation. And it's because of that. Definitely, I've definitely experienced that.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, um, um, and what happens? What you got to remember is when we get when we get past the point of buying, what all we, what happens is that all of that excitement, all that anticipation, has um, a little reference for for some people there. You might have got that if you did. Let us know. Um, it, it, all that happens when all of that excitement, anticipation to buy the thing disappears. All we are left with is doubt. That's what's in the void. The doubt, the void is filled with doubt and that is is it, right? And the big thing this sort of boils down to is that moment of realization when someone's purchased anything is that the thing standing between me and the results that I've been promised and I've been imagining myself getting, the thing that's standing between me and those results has changed. It's changed from buying the thing is going to get the results to now it's me and only me. It's my ability to make the time to prioritize studying the thing, then applying the thing and then doing a good job of the thing. And then having the tenacity to fine tune and get the thing right until it works for me in my situation with my continuous and growing self-doubt that I'm going to naturally have with buying a new thing.
1: Because the job of the marketing is sort of to make it feel like it's all going to be taken care of. I just need to buy this $37 course and it's all going to be done for me. But the minute you get it, you realize that's, not that it wasn't true but that you that that now it is on you. And to us, I think this is even true, you know, if you like pay somebody else to do a service for you. It sounds counterintuitive, but like if you hire a Facebook ads agency to do your Facebook ads for you and you drop a big deposit to get that done, even though it's not on you, it's on them. It's on your business. Like it's on your product. It's on, it's on your um, sales pages, it's on your thing. Sure, they're gonna advise you along the way, but ultimately it's on that, on, on you and your stuff now. Uh, like this needs to now work for you. So let's talk about how email marketing can kind of help with this. And we've got a bunch of different ideas that we've come up with over time. The first one is that the minute somebody buys something, you want to make sure that you do a really damn good job of reselling them on how amazing it is and how it's going to help them with the outcome they want. So repainting the transformation of what they've talked about. So we do this in our thank you videos, but we also do this by emails uh, with our our follow-up sequence. We have a sequence that we um, have league members. You'll find it inside the league, uh, which is a sort of onboarding and um, refund. uh, What's the word? Reduction. Um, refund reduction kind of campaign. And it's literally designed to get people to consume like, and even if they don't consume, there's a way around that, which we'll talk about, but consume like, feel the benefit of your product so that they won't want to ask the money back. And and basically the marketing doesn't stop when somebody buys. The marketing should continue for two reasons. One, you want to make them feel great about the thing they just bought. And two, you want them to buy something else. It's going to be much harder to get them over the hump of buying something else. If they're stuck on, oh, I wish I hadn't bought the last thing, right? The marketing now has to start from below the <laughs> below ground level, whereas it should be starting from the top of a really tall tower because they should love you, right? They should build up all this stuff and love the fact they bought from you in order to buy something else.
0: Yeah, and what, the way we do this is in the actual follow-up emails that say, here's the thing you bought, we now have a whole series of emails that tell them and they signpost them to various elements of the product. So, um, for a, and, and the point of that is, I'll give you some examples in a second, the point of this whole sequence, and it could be over a, a few days, honestly, a few days, um, the idea is you show them how good the product is even if they never look at it. And the reason that's important is because a shocking number of people buy stuff, download free lead magnets, either of those things, and never even look at it. So if, if they're not going to look at it, what we don't want to have happen when we show up with another offer in the, in the future, because at the end of the day, when none of us are building a business. Very few of us are making serious profit by selling one thing to each person. That's not really how you build a business. The business is really built on selling multiple things to same, to same people, right? You want to ascend them through different offers and increase the, the customer value. So if the person Buys a product and you never really resell them on the product and tell them why it's wonderful. There's a high chance that they're going to be like, when you show up with the, with the next offer, oh, I'll buy something else from that from you once I've consumed the previous product because I don't know if it's any good yet. Whereas if these emails show up and say, hiya, if it's a PDF, if it's a book, a booklet type thing, or, or a physical book, you might be like, hey, how do you? And then some big promise that your book solves. Um, so let's say, uh. It's it's a book about uh, about gardening. I'm gonna try and make up an example on the fly here. Let's say it's a book about gardening, and if it's and, and if you show up saying, "How do you grow roses in the winter?" I mean, like, oh, that's something that they want to know. Um, and then you say, and they think you're gonna sell them on it. You're gonna sell them something, and you say, uh, people often ask me, "How do you how can you? How is it possible to grow roses in the winter?" I don't know if it is or not. By the way, in real life, I have not got a clue. Um, but if you say, the good news is, on page 17 of the book you already bought, I show you exactly my method for growing. Growing roses in the winter, and they go. oh, That's great because I, I expected to be sold on something. I was sold on the idea, and now you've told me I've already got access to it. So I now know, even if I never open the PDF, even if I never pick up the book you mailed me and look at page seventeen, I know that it's got great information in there about how to grow roses in the winter. Similarly, if it's um, if it's a multi-part, multi-module course, how do you do? How do you do this? Wouldn't it be great if you could do this? Sell, sell, sell great news we this is exactly what we cover in module 3 of the program at your board click here and go and access it again I'm being told how wonderful this is and what this program delivers, even if I don't go and check out module one, never even, never mind get to module three. And that's another thing, by the way, you want to tell people about stuff that's later in the program because a lot of people start programs, even fewer of them actually complete them. And again, if it's one single video, it's not multi-module, it's not a book, it's one video, which some programs are, some of our programs are, um... You might say, um, you know, here's the big promise. Here's the thing you want to get out of it. Great news. That's exactly what I cover in the framework I teach at 13 minutes and 14 seconds in this video program you bought. Here's the link straight to it. You can basically resell people on the program and over a whole bunch of days, just pick out the sexiest bits, the most wonderful bits, the most exciting bits to your audience and tell them about them in the post-purchase sequence. So they're like, this is a great program. I can tell you now, there are almost certainly, I can't think of any of the top of my head, there are almost certainly programs I've I've told people are brilliant that I've never even looked at. (laughs) It's got to be because this, this stuff works.
1: Yeah. And uh, one quick win you can do if you want is if you've got like a natural, for example, let's imagine you teach customer avatars in your course. And if you do, no offense, but we don't like them. But if you do, that's it. If you want to make us feel less remorseful about buying your course, take the naturally unsexy bit and just make it later in the course. Even if it's the first thing everyone in your course should do, that doesn't really matter. You can teach them the really sexy bit first. Even if what you do is create a module that goes at the beginning or whatever, which is, um, selling them on something that's more interesting, like something they're going to do later, like go and plan out their goals or something that's a bit more interesting to do. It's probably not that, but whatever you can do that makes it more interesting, um, get them to go and do that bit first. Um, The honest truth is that when somebody joins our membership or goes through a course, the first thing we get them to do isn't actually any unsexy work. The first thing we get them to do, because there is unsexy work involved in anything good, of course, but it's not that. It's watch these three um, getting started videos that are going to help, which we'll talk about all this in a second, but uh, watch these getting started videos uh, in order to find out how to get the best results and they watch those videos. You can't help but watch those videos and feel good by the end of it because it's reselling you on why it's great and what's going to happen next and what to expect and what the outcome is going to be and why it's important. Um, So, take if you have got that unsexy thing that you're think, oh god everyone hates this bit but it is essential because that's you know that's the thing at the end of the day we sell good stuff you sell good stuff we're sure um there is going to be some bits that are like oh well i wish they didn't have to do that but they just flip and do yeah the pre-work so the,
0: the foundational stuff but stick but get- it out the way somewhere yeah exactly or yeah, it's like or- the
1: ugly cousin you put in the cupboard when people come around for dinner you have to keep them because they're family Shit, but like- mate i forgot
0: he was in there he's been there for months <laughs> Um, (laughs) but yeah that's that's what we want to do so give you an example of how we do it in a sort of practical sense to put someone meat on the bone of that of how we do it with the onboarding of when someone joins the league for example so someone joins the league what other bits we're going to do to make sure they don't have remorse? Well, the first thing we're going to do is map out what are all the different elements of the league that we need to tell somebody about. We're going to talk about, you got email campaigns, we're going to talk about the fact you get the Automate Hero software suite of tools so you can plug it into your email system and make amazing things happen. You're going to have the two coaching calls, etc., etc. You know, the members podcast, the, the, the video training, the, all, all this stuff. You've got all these great things. We're going to map all those things out. And then we're also going to map out what are all the actions that we want somebody to take So we want them to subscribe to the members-only podcast. We want them to register for the next group call. We want them to get into the members' Facebook group, et cetera, et cetera. And then we need to figure out where should they start. And what we want to do is make that journey really, really clear because the biggest, especially if you've got a membership, the problem with memberships is that they've got so much stuff in there because they're all encompassing. They've got everything in there that you could possibly know about your topic. So it's 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 a lot of material. It's a lot of stuff to try and figure out where should I start with. So we want to reduce the overwhelm, and the way we do that is by saying here's where you start. And we've got some in our case, if you're a member of the league, know we've got three start here videos. Start, and then once they've watched the start here videos, at the last the last part of the last start here video says next. What you should do is go and start on our success track. So it's passing the baton. It's telling the person, now you've finished these three videos, but we're not going to let them just go, right, off you go, figure it out. Because that's still intimidating. Some people want a bit more direction, so we tell them, great, now you're ready to go. The thing I recommend you do right now next is do the first part of the success track. Here's why you do that. And we'll have a, a button or a link right under that video to go and do that. And the idea is we just... Move them along the path. In fact, we talked about membership onboarding in detail back on episode 186. So if you go to emailmarketingheroes.com slash 186, you'll be able to uh, go and listen to our entire process for onboarding people. And part of onboarding is reselling and removing that buyer's remorse. Remorse only happens when people are starting to panic. Will I be able to do this? Or is it going to be too much work? And have I got too much doubt? So that's what we want to be doing with all of our courses, programs, when they buy a membership to your to your in, in-person in facility, whatever it happens to be. If you want our onboarding processes and all the emails that go into all of that, uh, and our, our refund reduction campaign as well, uh, you can go and uh, get all of that inside of your league membership. And if not already a member you can go to the league the league and get instant access to all of that stuff rob now it's time for this week's subject, subject line, line of
1: the week, week. subject, subject line, line of the, of the week. week aha do you know how many people you, do you know what? how many people listen to this uh uh-huh. and i am pretty sure that they think we sing that every week
0: uh you've just spoke that because uh, when people come on to record with us they're like oh, i can't believe it <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, next one, uh, subject line of the week, however, is a hundred percent discount. And then in brackets, sort of.
0: <laughs> I like that because the sort of really adds much more believability and credibility to it. And I also makes it more curious. What was the context of the email?
1: So it's basically, it's part of one of our campaigns, which is called uh, the golden cloak. It's, it's got a bribe built into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically it's us saying we've got this thing. It's a hundred percent free sort of, because the sort of is the fact that it's free when you buy something else. I like that. I like that. Um, excellent excellent stuff cool so that's this week's subject,
0: subject line of, of the week, week. Subject, subject line of, of the week. week thank you again for making it all the way through the show we are back next week and we've got a great one for you well, we're going to be talking about if you've got a membership or you're thinking about having a membership definitely tune in next wednesday because we're talking about the about some different membership growth strategies so make sure you tune into the email marketing show next week hit subscribe on your podcast player if you've got a damn little minute then leave us a review on that podcast player as well. It would mean the world to us. Thanks again. We'll see you next week. And we'll talk about getting in some more members. See you then.